allow me at this juncture to invite you to join me in our reading today that comes from the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24 from verse 36 to 53. Luke chapter 24 from verse 36 to 53. And I begin reading from the NIV version. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh, bones, as you see, I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and turned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And that is God's word. Bringing to us God's word is our very own Pastor Shadrach Kakui. Makofi Kwake. Thank you, thank you. Why don't we believe and pray for him? Our Lord and Savior Jesus, we thank you for the privilege of life this day. We thank you, God, even for towards that privilege you have given us the opportunity to sit at your feet and hear from your word. Thank you for the hope and the life that your word breathes into us. Won't Pastor Shadrach be in your hand what this microphone is in mine to reverberate the very oracles of God in a manner that is clear, but in a manner that is impactful to transform us to the image of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. What a blessing to be able to share God's word with us today in these unprecedented times. The church is at home and the pastors are in the church ministering to the church at home. When Reverend Kasim, the senior pastor here, told me I would be sharing here today, I asked him, so how do you share to an empty church? And Pastor Kasim laughed and laughed because I think he knows that normally when I preach I swing from the east 
to the West. And so you'll be in prayer for me today that I can be contained within this space. Amen. Not long ago, we celebrated Easter. Uh, that was the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And the Bible says after Jesus resurrected, he was here for 40 days. And after 40 days, the Bible says that he went to heaven. Now, today we want to discuss about the ascension of Jesus. Exactly 40 days after the Easter this year, that was Thursday last week. And so today we have set this Sunday so that we can reflect about the Easter, uh, sorry, the ascension. I would like to share from the book of Luke chapter 24. And we will be looking about and talking about the events before the ascension, the ascension day events, and the significance or the meaning of those events. And my hope is that at the end of our sermon today, three important things will be highlighted. And the first one is the command of the ascension. The second one is the promise of the ascension. And the third one is the hope of the ascension. If you have your Bible, please turn with me so that we go together in the book of Luke 24, verse 36. The Bible begins to say that while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. I want you to understand this is the first time Jesus is meeting the disciples since the time at the Garden of Gethsemane when he was arrested. Except for Peter who is present in this gathering and the two disciples who had gone to a mouse and were back. This is the first time Jesus is meeting this other group of disciples. And so that you understand, the Bible says they were actually locked in a house for fear of the leaders of the Jews. And so Jesus, for the first time, meets them and tells them, peace be with you. This is very interesting that the last time Jesus was with most of his disciples, they took off. They ran away when he was being arrested. But the first thing when he meets them, he tells them, peace be upon you. You know, Jesus does not begin by asking Peter, why did you take off Peter? Why did you tell that woman that you don't know me? You know, he doesn't begin by settling and, and bringing up things that happened in the past. By the words of Jesus, by Jesus saying peace upon you, this confirms to us that Jesus did not come to the world to condemn the world. He came so that he could save the lost. Let me say to this, this to you, dear ones who are watching this morning. There is no sin that you have done that is not forgivable. There is nothing that you have done that Jesus would not turn to you and say, peace be upon you. 
if you are willing to believe in him. You know, sometimes we condemn ourselves so much all our lives because of something that we did a long time ago. Your past was not a life sentence. The resurrected and ascended Christ says, peace unto you. And calls upon you saying, come to me, you will labor and a heavy burden and I will give you peace. So Jesus meets the troubled disciples and says, peace be upon you. And the Bible continues to say they were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. And Jesus says to them, why are you troubled? And why do you have doubts with you? Look at my hands and my feet. It is me. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones. And the Bible says even after he showed them his hands and feet, they still did not believe in him because of joy and amazement. And the Bible continues to say, Jesus taught them, this is what I told you when I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled which is written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. It seems like the disciples were actually not expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. They see Jesus and they think maybe it's a ghost. And Jesus goes ahead and proves that it's not a ghost. It is me. But the Bible says they were still not believing because they were so joyful and they were amazed. I don't know why they may have thought Jesus did, was not going to come up from the dead. It is possible they doubted him. It is possible they did not understand, you know, what he told them before. Because he told them he would rise from the dead on the third day. Or it is possible the nature in which Jesus was killed, you know, he was arrested. The whole night he was kept awake. In the morning he was flogged and beaten. He was made to carry the cross. He was put on the cross. You know, sometimes you can look at somebody and, and think, maybe this one can resurrect. But the way Jesus was handled, they may have thought, this one is finished. But it doesn't matter. If it is said by the Lord that it will happen, it is going to happen. It does not matter what has happened if the word of God says something, it will come to pass. You know, the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man that he will lie. He is not a son of man that he will change his mind. What he says he will do, what he promises he fulfills. You know, this week, I got a phone call from a brother of mine who is a pastor. And he began to share with me the power of the word of God. And he shared with me from the book of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. And I know we will be doing Hebrews from next week. So maybe this is a teaser for you to get encouraged to study the book of Hebrews. It says in verse 1, long ago God spoke many things and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. 
the children of Israel, when God spoke to them through the prophets, they knew it would happen because it was the prophets. And the Bible says in verse 2, now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. And listen, the Bible gives like something like a CV explaining who the son of God is. It says, God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. Through the son, everything was created. The son radiates the glory of God and expresses the character of God. The son sustains everything by the power of his command. So that is the kind of son we are talking about whose word we are listening to. And if the words of the prophets came to pass, there is no single word that the son speaks about your life that will not come to pass. If you want to look at your Bible and look at the word of God that God speaks to you, everything written here and said by God will come to pass. So the disciples saw Jesus and they were shocked. They thought he would probably not resurrect. But because it had been written, that had to happen. So in verse 46, Jesus tells them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name of in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Remember I told you we want to highlight three things. Here is the first one. The command of the ascension. Jesus says that scripture says that repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Everywhere in the world. That is to say that anyone who repents will be forgiven. Freely of charge. Repentance will be preached to all nations. And forgiveness of sins will be realized for those who believe in the Lord. That is an important command, and some of us call it the great command. Go ye into the world. It's a command of forgiveness, of preaching repentance to all nations. You know, the book of Romans says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, all of us have dealt with God. I know as a country, Kenya, we have debt. And if we wake up one morning and we hear one of the countries, say country X, where we have a huge debt, is willing to forgive our debt, will we not go to that country and tell them, please, we would be happy if you forgave our debt. If you have not claimed this command or this promise, Please claim the promise of forgiveness. God is waiting to forgive you. 
if you have claimed this command or this, this promise, it is okay, but please tell others. But maybe you are asking, why is it a big deal that God forgives us? In the book of Psalms, chapter 7, verse 11, the Bible says, God is a just judge. He is, an, he is angry throughout the day. If a person does not repent, God sharpens his sword and prepares to shoot his bow. He prepares to use deadly weapons against him. He gets ready to shoot flaming arrows. Just think about that. I have heard people say, if you do not honor your father and mother, the thunderstorm that is going to strike you is doing press-ups. I don't know where. Now, imagine an invisible God saying that if you do not repent, I am sharpening my sword and preparing to shoot my bow. Saying I am preparing to use deadly weapon against you. Would you not think twice? And so it is a big deal that God forgives us. The command of forgiveness of our sins if we repent will be preached in his name to all nations. And then verse 49 comes the promise of the ascension. Bible says, I am going to send to you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. Jesus tells his disciples, you will preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins to all nations. That is a big, big piece of assignment. And so he realizes the need for help. And he tells them, I will send you the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who was going to empower the disciples to share the good news in all the nations. You know, earlier on, Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit in the book of John, the Bible says, he said, it is to your advantage that I go. Because if I go, I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit. He would advocate for the church. He would sustain the growth of the church. Let me ask you today, how much of the speed, the direction, and the activity of our individual lives are led by the Holy Spirit? How much of the speed, direction, and activity of our church and the body of Christ in general is led by the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is available to help us, and we will succeed in the mission of God if we are led by the Holy Spirit. And so on the day that the Lord went to heaven, the Bible says he led the disciples 
out to the vicinity of Bethany in a hill called the Mount of Olives. And the Bible says that he lifted his hands and blessed them. And that reminds me of um, Aaron in the book of Leviticus chapter 9 verse 22 to 23 when he lifted his hands towards the children of Israel and blessed them and the glory of God came down. Jesus blesses his disciples. When somebody blesses you in the name of the Lord, that is important. Don't take it for granted. It blesses me when our senior pastor comes over here and says, I bless you. On Monday, may the Lord go with you. On Tuesday, may the Lord empower you. On Wednesday, may the Lord strengthen you. That blessing is not in vain. It invites the presence of God and God goes with you. And so when Jesus is about to leave, he lifts his hands towards his disciples and bless them. And I wish we can have that habit of blessing others. And in the book of Acts, the Bible says Jesus was taken to heaven and the disciples watched as he went to heaven. And as he went to heaven, the Bible says he was covered by clouds and disappeared from their sight. And as they stood there looking up in the skies, the Bible says two men who were clothed in white, those were angels, showed up. And they said to the disciples, the same way you see him go, it is the same way he will come. And that leads us to our third point, the hope of the ascension. Bible teaches us that Jesus, the same way he went, it is the same way he will come back. And the living and the dead who have believed in him will be taken up in the sky together with him. What a big hope that we have, the hope of the ascension. The Bible says that the disciples then worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Maybe you would have thought they would have returned to Jerusalem with some sorrow because the Lord has been taken away from them. But they return with great joy because they realize the ascension of Jesus is not equal to the absence of Jesus. Jesus was going to continue to be with them. Let me share briefly about the significance of the ascension. The ascension is not simply a relocation of Jesus from earth to heaven. Let me give you a brief example here. The current president of our country is the son of the first president of this country. And so I would expect from around 1963... He spent some time in state house because he was the son of the president. Now, in 2013, the same son of the first president went back to state house. But when he went back to state house, this time it was slightly different. Although he was still the son of the first president, he went back with power. 
And the ascension of Jesus Christ leads to a new relationship between Jesus and the Father. The Bible teaches us that it leads to the exaltation of Jesus. Luke 22:69 Jesus says that from now on the son of man will be seated at the right hand of God. That means he would be seated at a place of honor. This morning Pastor Kuti read to us from the book of Philippians and the Bible says that we should have the same mind that was with the Lord Jesus who though he was God did not consider that as something to be clinged to. But he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. And because of that, the Bible says, God exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every other name, so that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow. The return of Jesus to heaven God comes with glory. Jesus is exalted. He rules from the right hand of God. Of course, the ascension brings a new relationship between us as believers and the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus was here, he would only be available at one place at one time. If you needed to meet the Lord, you would have to come there. But now our Lord is available 24-7. All of us can reach him anytime we want. That brings a new relationship to us. Finally, as we read before, the ascension ushers the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so I pray that this year's remembrance of the ascension ignites in all of us the passion to follow and obey the command of the ascension, to preach the good news, to speak about repentance and forgiveness of sins to all. And if you have not received the Lord Jesus as your Savior, to receive him as Lord and Savior. Pray that it ignites a new passion for you to submit and be guided by the Holy Spirit. And I pray that it brings a new hope as we wait for the ascension where we would go home to be with the Father. Let me welcome you to share with me in the words of the Apostle Creed. No, it is now appearing on your screen and so we can share together. Let's go together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and buried. He ascended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty.
from where he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let me welcome you to bow so that we can pray together. Our Father, we thank you for this morning as we remember the day when the Lord ascended and sat at the right hand of God the Father. We thank you for the command to share the good news to all. We ask that you would awaken our hearts, that you would empower us by the power of the Holy Spirit to help us fulfill the great commission. Pray that, Lord, you will fill our hearts with hope about the second coming of Jesus. Just in the way the disciples saw you go, pray that you put any hope in our hearts as we wait the glorious coming of the Son of God. And maybe you are there watching and you have not given your life to the Lord. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me, the prayer of the forgiveness of sin, if you are willing and you believe in the Son of God. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I realize I am a sinner, and I pray for the forgiveness of my sin. I believe in your Son, Jesus, who died for me. And this day, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, please get in touch with us through the Facebook page or through the number that will be showing at the end of this service. And we will get in touch with you and be of a blessing to you. Amen. And just being there with us, may the Lord bless you. And following the message, thank you very much. Uh, Apostle uh, Kakui for that message, the command, the promise, and the hope. And we are, those who believe in the Lord, we believe in that command. We believe in that promise. We believe in that hope. And we take that promise, the promise of ascension, that this same direction that the Lord has gone shall be our direction. We are people who are heaven-bound. We belong there. It doesn't matter so much what happens around here, the upheavals, the, up, the ups and downs, and the valleys and the mountains. We know that we are heaven-bound. We take that promise of ascension, and as we have heard, whatever the Son has promised, it shall surely come to pass. The things that he told us, it shall surely do. He has gone to prepare a place for us. It's true he has gone to prepare a place. He will surely come because he has said he will come. He has said he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He'll always be there. Questions may linger, but he will come. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. And now I wish to say a blessing to you even as we come to a close. If you can, just lift up your hands as we share this blessing together. May the Lord bless you, and may he keep you, dear one. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, 
may he shine upon you and be gracious and also be gracious unto you forever. May you surely live in the presence of the Lord on Monday. May he show his face to you on Tuesday. Whatever happens, we do not know. But he holds the key for you on Wednesday. I know that he will give you a song on Thursday. Whatever the season is, even if it is a dark night, the Lord show his face upon you. May you give a testimony on Friday and say, the Lord has been with me. Even on Saturday, may it be the day for you to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. May he grant you a chance to come again and walk with us on Sunday. Even as we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, igniting the fire of the day of the Pentecost, may we desire to be filled with the presence of the Lord and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for now and even in the days to come. In the name of our God, with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. And you are blessed. You are blessed. Take the promise of ascension. God bless you.